Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. We're a couple minutes later than we wanted to be tonight. That's on me. Um... With, with some stuff. Speaking of me, I am Dave Schofield, <laughs> the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I am so happy to be back with my friends this week. I really, I missed it last week. Well, I didn't miss it. I was, I was, I was able to watch the show, but not being with you guys, that was kind of like, well, you guys did a fantastic job, but I'm like, man, I, re I really missed those guys. This is great um, to, to to be back with you all. So joining me as always as our uh, this is the this is the new crew let's go with one brian anthony davis our podcast director how's it going brian i'm calling bs on that one so you were telling me dave that you would rather be with us than at a beach with your brother big bro sco drinking out of a coconut and a paper umbrella and Big Bros go wearing a banana hammock. <laughs> um, like I said, wrong member of my family wearing that. <laughs> um, and the other thing I'm going to say, I, I don't think I've ever drinking out of a coconut before. I, I have to admit that. But I, I will tell you, while the show was going on, you know, it was already nighttime and everything. I didn't really have anything else to do. And that's what made me maybe miss you guys. You know, when I was sitting out on the beach and stuff during the day, I was like, uh, who cares? I, I it doesn't matter what's going on, but um, which <laughs> is funny because what's that? <laughs> hey, now <laughs> there's there comes there comes Rich, uh, calming it down. But that's because it's nighttime here, or at least it's just now getting dark. But it's not out on the left side of the con of yeah of the continent. I almost said the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> continent. We'll say continent. Can't say country. Uh, where one Michael Beck is hanging out and here with his deputy editor. How are you tonight, Michael? Oh, I'm great. Uh, you know, I, I think I think I also missed you there, Dave. Uh, it uh, it was it was fun last week just hanging out with Brian, but uh, we were missing that uh, third piece of our triumphant trio. I'm so glad you said or or wait a second. It's the because I, I messed it up. I didn't say it this time. Trifecta, triumphant, triumphant trifecta. That's there we it. go. We we had to change the name a little bit because it's a different three, uh, 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 you know, three different guys. Is, well, not all three, but not the same three. So here we are talking about Steelers. Oh man, lots, lots of nothing. It's funny because there's there's nothing, but yet there's still always something. First and foremost, one thing we want to mention is that we know the big news today about the report with with the issues going on um, in the front office and with personnel with the Washington Redskins we do not want to dismiss that at all we want that is a that is a, a, a very important topic this is something that should never you know we should not no one should ever have to go through this in the workplace but at the same time um, if it was the Steelers we would be talking about it a lot more but the, we kind of talked about it before the show, like, well, how much do we want to spend on this on the stuff going on with Washington? I, you know, I don't want to say 
technically they have no mascot. Um, so we're not talking about that, but we're, we're, we're talking about the, the reports that came out with, with the conduct of, uh, conduct of some of their personnel, but we're like, maybe we should, when it's not so fresh, you know, get all of the details before we really, um, dive into that. So rather than us sit here and, 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 and go really deep into it, we want to bring it up. We want to know, know that it's news. There is a fantastic article, which covers things on the, uh, Washington's SB nation site. Uh, it's called hogs Haven. Um, that the are it's <laughs> that article has basically has more views on it than any uh, than all of the rest of SB Nation NFL combined today uh, about this topic. So if you want some more information on on it, the uh, it's there. But a lot of it is you know, speculation, things like that. If you guys want to want to jump in here and and just say anything, Brian. Yeah, I I would like to. Um, it is horrendous that. Uh, Anybody has to be in a working environment that this these kind of things happen. But to your point, Dave, this is still very fresh and very new. Yeah. And not everything is completely out as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think we'd be doing too much justice talking about it. Exactly. But the best thing for us is to acknowledge it and yeah. say that, uh, you know, it, it puts in perspective. And I'm going to put a lighthearted perspective on this. When, when you look at the fact that the biggest problem in Steeler land right now is worrying about Ryan Switzer being your fifth starter at wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole lot makes us, you know, you never know what's going on. They say it could always, you know, doesn't mean that every NFL franchise is immune to this. Um, it, it, chances are, this is not the only place that, that something like this has ever happened. Uh, we can we can hope not. All I all I know is that I just hope that the Steelers hold everyone to an extremely high standard, like we know that they do, and that something that some of these things cannot slip through the cracks. Michael, anything you want to say before we uh, before we go, before we keep talking about not talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If I was taught anything going through journalism school, it's to get all the facts first. Um, there's tons of stuff floating out there. Uh, of, of course, if it's true. Uh, I've, I've read tons of stuff. There's some absolutely heinous allegations mm -hmm. and I could, I could only hope uh, it, it's stuff that isn't going on, but it is stuff that is happening in our society. So uh, until we know everything completely, I, I, I couldn't agree more with our direction on this, but uh, can only hope that uh, it, it's not quite as bad as some of the stuff that I've read. Uh, yes. So we'll just say, we'll leave that out there. I know a couple people said in the live chat, Oh, I haven't heard about this yet. So yes, go. Go check into it. Like we said, we don't want to give any misinformation. I'm not know that I have that much correct information as well. That's why we're just kind of leaving it at that. There's another story out there that uh, Ezra brought up that I want to throw out there. Um, going to give a plug to, to a friend of ours. 72 players tested positive. I don't think we have a season. 72 is a fantastic number. You need to go to... Uh, look up one Jeff Hartman on Twitter and his article about that today. That's a very low positivity rate compared to everything else. Um, when you look at all the all the players in the NFL and everyone that's you know they haven't they weren't able to test everybody yet, but that was still a very low positivity rate. That's actually uh, a pretty good thing about uh, about how that came out today. Um, Let's go specifically to Steelers. Uh, we've got the the deadline passing for the franchise tag, and 
Were either of you two shocked by this outcome? You know, when uh, when I, I I think Dave, uh, we were actually chatting about this uh, a little off air. But once once uh, Bud Dupree uh, filed that grievance, it it seemed like an uh, in uh, inevitability, if I can get that word out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it seems like especially with drafting Alex Highsmith, it, it just seems like it, the writing's on the wall for Bud Dupree. Who knows, maybe if he absolutely explodes again, takes an even bigger step in 2020, the Steelers are like, wow, we have to keep this guy. I suppose he could, he could still be around in 2021, but I, I think this is the last year for old uh, Bud Dupree. Brian. I am not shocked one iota, Kappa, Lambda, or Mew, because this is a situation with Bud Dupree, just like Michael Beck just said, you know, he can't. He can't sign right now after filing a grievance. It's it would be almost hypocritical and it would be against filing the grievance. If he feels he has a point and he did that for a reason, he's not going to just sign for any money right now. He's going to see this through. Um I might be I might be way off on on that feeling. I just think Bud Dupree knows that in his mind that he could build off of that 2019 season, he knows that this is uh, the uh, that he is a part of the Steeler window, and he knows why he was brought back because they feel that they could win a championship. Bud Dupree, if he's a part of a championship team, that number goes up so much higher, and yeah, it skyrockets just like afternoon delight skyrockets in flight. Boo! <laughs> Afternoon but you know, so as far as that goes, Bud Dupree has to bet on himself. Yeah. And it's not really, it's not really a, a risky bet because even if he has a little bit over a, a pedestrian season, he's going to still make a lot of cash in this league. Yeah. It's really interesting with the Dupree thing. First of all, I said it on StatGeek, January 3rd, when Michael did the article about him filing the grievance, I'm like, oh, I'm going in and I'm adding a paragraph and I'm linking back to my article. When I brought this up on the 3rd of January and I was told I was crazy, that, hey, Bud Dupree could actually make a point that, oh, I'm more of a defensive end. Uh, the only difference is I'm in a 3-4 versus a 4-3. So I could see where he's coming from. Why should, if he's doing the same thing that somebody else is doing, and it's only because what they label the defense, he's got a point. Counterpoint. How many times did he actually put his hand on the ground at the start of a snap? I couldn't tell you that for sure. I just remember every time I see him, he's not. And that's more of a defensive end, like a J.J. Watt, that you see with his hand on the ground almost every snap. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, but I, I, it's funny because the Steelers said they wanted to do the long-term deal with Dupree. I wanted to see the long-term deal with Dupree, but the number I had in mind and probably what the Steelers had in mind was going to be less per year than what the franchise tag was. That's why I did not want them to use the franchise tag. Cause I'm like, I think I thought they were going to be paying him more than for one year than what they, I thought they would need to pay him per year, but that's me. Some people thought he's worth that. With the other people they're going to have to pay, I say no. And with the whole uncertainty with the pandemic, that didn't help. So not shocked at all. 
you know, with the Steelers not knowing how the how the financials are going to be in the future years, do you really want to sink a ton of money in the future for Bud Dupree when you don't when you don't know? Because I have a little something else to say about Bud Dupree, but that goes into another topic. Anything else you want to either one you want to anything you want to say about Dupree? Brian, you look like you're ready to go. Yes, sir, I am. And what I have in mind here is when we were talking about the draft back on April 23rd and all of those months beforehand, when we were talking about players that the Steelers were scouting, that other teams were scouting, what was their position? Chase Young mm-hmm. was an edge rusher. We talked about this all on Tuesday. Players, okay, You're right. I, yeah, I, and I'm sorry. I, uh, I uh, must have missed that part. I was washing my cat. And um, <laughs> so I, I do apologize. Um, but however... Um, you know, what we're looking at here is you're really not a defensive end anymore. You're it. You are a three, four edge rusher or a four, three edge rusher. And when should that have been, been tackled? When should they have taken, you know, figured this out and worked all this out where there's such a big difference depending on your, on your scheme is it should have been taken care of in the last CBA that they just signed this year. Absolutely. They should have addressed that issue. And this this should not be an issue. If if they don't call them, they don't call them DEs and OLBs for the draft. You're exactly right. They call them all edge rushers because that's what they do. Because where because doesn't matter what you played in college, it all depends on which team drafts you and what system they have. Uh anything you want to throw out about that, Michael? Uh, no, I was going to nodding in approval. Thing. Yeah, no, like every position should be classified as like mm-hmm. interior defensive lineman, edge rusher, mm-hmm. linebacker, safety corner. The entire offensive line is all is all clumped together. Exactly. For, for the for the franchise tag. They 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 should, you know, if they're going to use it this much cuz right now it looks to be that there will be 12 players playing this season, you know, we all know how that goes about it having a season, but 12 players scheduled to play this season on the franchise tag. That's the most since 1993, according to Adam Schefter. So that's, that's a lot. So if the tag is going to be used more and things are like, and things are going to be there and they're going to have grievances, it's, it's something that, that should have been addressed. So speaking of things not being right and things that should be addressed and, and, and people getting stuff wrong by not, you know, including this in the CBA or with other things. Uh, how about these Steelers? I brought up the, this idea to to Brian earlier, and then to Michael. I think these guys on the Steelers defense. I thought we saw it last year, and we're going to continue to see it. Are actually being knocked down for individual recognition because they play on such a good defense across the board. I think that hurt TJ Watt. Well, for defensive play of the year. Also, the fact that his team didn't make the playoffs is one. Um, but we're talking about these these Madden rankings. Do either of you guys play Madden? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and here and there. Not as much as I used to, but a little bit. Brian? You know, I, uh, I'm a tech mobile guy from way back. <laughs> um, and I was talking to my son 
and my son has an Xbox and we saw we were at Walmart and the Mad- Madden 2020 or the one with Mahomes on the front is that 2020 or 2021 I'm not sure um but I said oh that that's only $20 and he said daddy you should get it I'm like I can't because if I get it I'll be addicted I have that addictive personality that that's all I'll do yeah and you won't see another podcast or an article from me again if I do that um but I, uh, I'm not very good at it. But I'd love to. But Tecmo, I'm great at. <laughs> do they have Do they have Madden on the Wii? <laughs> that's my question. They did actually. They I did. They I don't know because that's yes. That's, that's, that's what I have. play. It was Madden All Play was the name. I remember I, that specifically. I have. I well, actually, my son now has a Switch. I guess is what it is. Oh yeah. But that's what I have is a Wii because I like to play. I like to bowl. I like to golf. I like to do the things that, that that you move yourself. So I've never been a big Madden guy, but I've watched people play Madden and stuff like that before. I think um, my my nephew. I think he was showing my son Madden at one point. But I don't play the game myself. But I do pay attention to the rankings because I see, as someone who covers the Steelers, how the players react to these rankings. And it's absolutely insane. We have the article coming out courtesy of Michael Beck tomorrow at all these Steelers on defense and how low their rankings are. TJ Watt is not in the top 10 of pass rushers. They they put defensive line and edge rushers all together for this. He's not in the top 10. Cam Hayward's not in the top 10. Okay. And the, the, the most thing that I think is flat up embarrassing for for EA sports with this, they don't have Minka Fitzpatrick in the top 10 of safeties, not defensive backs, safeties. So they have all these Steelers defenders really low. They have the Steelers offense ranked higher than their defense. Don't they, Michael? They did. Their offense was an 83 and I believe the defense was an 82 or 81. Does that, does that make any sense coming off a year like last season? Absolutely not. One of the crazy things that blew my mind when I was doing some research for that Apparently, Devin Bush is only going to be a 72 when the game starts as a middle linebacker. He was outstanding. I do believe he led the team in tackles. Like, that doesn't that doesn't compute with me. Like, I don't understand. Like, are they just trying to market the game by having everyone talking about it because everyone's ranked so absurdly? It doesn't make any sense to me. Bad. What are your thoughts on the Steelers' rankings? Boy, do I feel old now because 17 gray hairs just popped out of the front of my head. <laughs> because you said uh, Tecmo Bowl. I mean, yeah, not just Tecmo Bowl, but just the rankings. And, you, you know, what to me, I know the players make a big deal about this. This is very important to them. So, I mean, I understand that. I remember back in 2017, Juju went for a 97-yard touchdown against the Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football. And... He complained. I mean, the next day in his press conference, (laughs) he he said, "Ha, so I guess my speed and Madden was wrong." Yeah, Madden EA Sports changed it just like that because they they apparently they do update it. I don't pay attention. I mean, like I said, I pay attention to it because I like to play a reaction and everything to it. But is this something? I mean, look at Steven Nelson in the year he had last year and how he got basically no recognition for it. Is it you know because who- he's part of, he's just one guy in what became a very great secondary? I mean, let's come back to Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree has a chance for a really big payday moving on from the Steelers because 
I said this in an article before, and this is not downplaying Dupree's ability to play, and not too many people looked at it this way. But who else in the league? Court, let's go looking at PFF ranks, which I know not, some people think they're great. Some people think they're terrible. Some people think it depends. But just looking at them, Bud Dupree is lined up opposite of the number one outside linebacker and next to the number one interior defensive lineman. No one else in the league can say that that's what they're doing. So right there, that's a huge advantage that he's going to have. He's still got to win his matchups, but – that but that sometimes we look at that and say, Oh, is that is he benefiting from that? But then they're also downplaying all those guys because all of them are doing so well. This, this seems crazy. Um, do you what do you I mean? Do you guys agree with that? Or it just seems like the more solid your whole group is, the, the less they think of each one of them as an individual. You know what? I am comfortable with that. And if we get back to the Madden rankings real quick. Mm-hmm. Who that hurts the most is our Steeler fans. Yeah. Because they want to play and they want to play with their team. And if their team is ranked lower, then they have a tougher time playing with their team. Cause you know, I don't want to play with the New York Jets or mm-hmm. any other team. But back to your question there, yeah, you know what? But the reason I'm fine is I would rather them. Have that press conference at the end of the year. Nobody believed in us but us. Yeah. That whole everybody, everybody disrespected us. And uh, we banded together it as a team and we showed them, hey, I'll take Madden disrespect. I'd rather have Madden disrespect than being on the cover. Yeah. You know, yeah. But you, you've seen what the cover's done. Yeah. D- it's made, it's rich- made people go bat crap crazy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even. Even uh, Troy Polamalu had some injury problems in, and stuff after he and Larry Fitzgerald were on the cover. His wasn't bad. He didn't get yeah. hit by the jinx as much. But y- you know what? I'll, I'll take that, that disrespect. I'll take not being on um, any team, any, uh, like, any postseason awards. It makes them hungrier. And they want to prove that. And this is a big deal to them. So I love it. Okay, now I'm going to ask the the, the college football player um, uh, about something that you kind of brought up. Then I'm going to just say it. Wait, wait, Michael, wait, 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 wait. College? I was a play in college. <laughs> ask the ladies. <laughs> Sorry. All right. You were a pl- no. You were a player. No, uh, that's what I said. I was a player, not a football player. Um, but uh, Michael, bulletin board material. Is it real? Um. I would say so. I, I, there, like, if guys say some stuff, uh, it, there's definitely things that go up on the wall. Um, I, I can give you a quick story. Back in high school, uh, senior year, playing in the championship game, um, uh, a TV stations always break it down um, specifically for that game. Um, they're interviewing me and my quarterback, and the, our QB, grade eleven kid. He's like, well, d- "Don't give him any bulletin board material." Blah blah blah. Don't do this. Don't do that. I do my interview. Whatever. No problem. He goes on and he says, "I want to kick their butts, but respect, <laughs> but respectively." You know, they beat us in that game by five points, and the inside of their rings, they they put "but respectfully" in uh, in uh, in relation to him saying that. So, <laughs> bulletin board material, even in Canada, it's a thing. It's real. No, even oh oh, even in Canada, eh? They uh, 
That's what it's all about, huh? Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so sorry. bad. <laughs> I had to go there. Hey, before yeah, we lose her. it, I've, 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 I've got to bring up where we had uh, Dave Shipley throwing $5 into the tip jar using the Super Chat feature. Thank you very much, Dave. From one Dave to another. What do we get for Dupree if we trade him now? Zyke watched the Steelers for 45 years. He's trade bait. What do you think we get for him? Um, I Honestly, I don't see Bud Dupree as trade bait right now because the I would much rather have two two certain outside linebackers even though one is is you know probably in his last year because you have to know if that third round draft pick or these other guys that you're trying to develop are going to be the guys because if they're not let's say you know you don't know if Heisman's going to work out or not you could hope that he does but with this offseason you don't want to count on it so I'm saying I would say I don't know that, that there would be enough that I would even want to trade Dupree because I think for this year, it's too valuable. And then you get a gauge on what you have with Highsmith to know how high of a draft pick you would have to use on the position next year. That's my opinion. But if you – so to me, the only way is the Steelers I would consider trading him would be like for something enormous. Like I've got to have, a, you know, like a one and a four. You know, you give me a one and a four for Bud Dupree. We'll we'll see if someone else can roll with it. Um, who wants to go next? Uh, I, I could I could quickly touch on that as okay. well. Um, I, I don't think what they'd get for him is going to be more than what they get uh, compensatory selection wise. Um, I, I don't think anyone's offering more than a second round pick, and that and I think that's what it's, would have to take to move him off the roster at least. Um, he'll probably get paid enough where it, it, we could be flirting with a third round compensatory selection. Yes, that's ultimately what the Steelers would rather get his production this year, the certainty at the position, and and hopefully he the only way to get the third round pick is he's got to play that well. Um in order to get that big of um of a contract in the future. So to give them the third the third round pick. So that's the best thing. Bud Dupree has a great year, he helps the Steelers win. He he gives them as high as comp pick as they could get. Bad. Your thoughts? You know, I I really don't think that uh, he's going to be traded whatsoever because um, just like you guys were intimating, just the fact that what what you're going to get out of him right now isn't going to help 2020. It just doesn't make the 2020 season. And I would rather lo- roll the dice and go all in for 2020 and that's what they seem to have done by signing guys like Wisniewski and Ebron to two-year deals uh Watt was a three-year deal but bringing these guys in for two years means that they are paying attention to the and I'm going to put the parentheses I mean the uh quotation marks up here and say the window Mm -hmm. so you know and we we know we don't want to say win now because they're always trying to win, yeah. and I, I respect your comment on that. But if you trade Bud Dupree right now, you're not you, you are uh, diminishing your chances for 2020. Yeah, I I don't I personally I give it I would give it a oh I don't know I saw some I, I saw somewhere in the live chat didn't see who it was said like zero percent chance I'd give it a point five. I mean, it would have they would have to throw you so much that you were like, oh my goodness. Let's just say this. They would have to give you 
so much. And there and the Steelers would have to have someone in mind that was already out there, you know, to to also help the position. That would be what it would take. Uh, Dave Shipley threw in another five dollars in the tip chart. So let's go ahead and address that. Where he said, "You guys rock all the Steelers podcast. Watch you guys." Um, uh, you guys got this. Uh, enjoy every minute of it. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate you and all of our viewers here that this is why we do this, because we enjoy this time with you all. So if it's not for the listeners and the viewers, there's no reason for us to be doing this. Right, guys? Uh, we could we could have a Zoom meeting instead. <laughs> yeah, we're just three jerks talking to each other. Yeah. Um, I was looking because there was some possibility there's some of some things going on with the NFL salary cap with just some reports um, of the negotiation process and things going on that's still ongoing with, with the teams in order to try to have the season. It seems like both sides are kind of asking for some crazy things, I, which drives me nuts. It's almost like they're saying, rather than let's move together and figure out what we're going to do, oh, I think what you're asking is unreasonable. So I'll ask for something unreasonable. Okay, well, we'll ask for something else even more unreasonable. Well, all right, we'll up the ante. We'll ask this to be even more unreasonable. And it seems like they're going in that direction rather than coming together. I mean, I'm sorry if a player tests positive and can't play, they shouldn't be put on a non-football injury list to where they don't get paid. That just doesn't seem right. Although, that's what's, that's what's going on with most Americans. But at the same time, Players who choose to opt out the season shouldn't still get their full salary like the players' union is asking for. If you're choosing not to play, you know, why would anybody play? So there's a lot of stuff going on there. So that's some of the news that was just coming out um, this evening with some stuff with that. Um, but talking about underappreciated players, we know it's not a super large topic. So that's why we talk so much about news and other stuff going on. Is bad. Who's your who's your favorite? Um Two, two, two. Nope. Bitty, Beatty. <laughs> Beachy. Beachy. Yeah, your 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 favorite under uh, underappreciated defender on the Steelers. Okay. It is definitely one Vincenzo Williams. And I gotta tell you, every time I bring up Vince Williams on this show mm-hmm. or any other show that I do. Someone's going to show up in the live chat and talk about how he's too slow, worst defender on the team. And I completely, I completely disagree. And the reason I disagree with that is I just want to bring, go back in time just a little bit to 2019 week two against the Seattle Seahawks towards the end of that game. They could not stop the run to save their lives. They did have some problems as far as really bad calls, a uh, a uh, pass the uh, pass interference that was uh, that was reversed, um, just a, a horrendous call. Yeah. And but when Vince went out, they could not they could not stop the run. The very next week against the San Francisco 49ers, the defense gets five turnovers. No Vince Williams, and it didn't matter for San Francisco that they gave up five turnovers because what happens when they had to, they ran the ball over all over them. When he came back in week five against the Ravens, the Ravens who were running roughshod on everybody still ran, but didn't run as well as they had all season against Pittsburgh. Then all of a sudden the running game, the running defense just really tightened up. And it was a lot due to the return 
of Vince Williams. So, yes, he does not drop back in the coverage well. That's why you had not only Mark Barron, that's why you drafted Devin Bush and traded up 10 spots for him and gave up a lot for him. But as far as a run stopper goes, I think he's one of the finest on the team. He's the lowest drafted on that on that defense as far as a starter. You have eight number one picks projected to start this year, and I'm including Tyson Alualu in that. If you include Tyson, there's eight number one picks. He is the lowest pick because he is a sixth round pick, but he is integral to stopping the run. And that is why I am so high on Vince Williams. Yes, I have. I, I, I went all stat geek. I have some great numbers. Great. So before I dive into that, was there something you wanted to add with anything with that? Well, first of all, we have to bring up um, uh, what Thaddeus said, because I agree. He said Vince Williams coming to campus, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the best. Uh, that I that because he's like, I'm here to work. He comes in with the belt, the vest. That was what was that two seasons ago? I don't know that it was last year. Yeah, I, it, it was two it, seasons I, ago. It's all it's all running together in my brain. So, but that was that was pretty great. Uh, Michael, um, anything you wanted to add to, there too? You know, I'm just disappointed. I haven't seen him hit, hit anyone with a stunner yet. I, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, Vince Williams for sure. Um, when he's on the field, this team is considerably better when it comes to run defense. Um, I, I will continue to say though, he is a bit of a liability in that passing game. If I'm an offensive coordinator. And I see him lined up on a running back or a slot receiver. I'm calling an audible. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're running across the route, we're running over the top, and I'm just throwing you the ball and go to work. So I can understand, I can understand the frustration, mm-hmm. except on the flip side of that, that's when it comes down to coaching and knowing the situations, having the right personnel on the field. You can mask that. You, you don't have to have Vince on the field in those situations. Before I bust in these numbers, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Do you think you know we're like, oh, he what's crazy is that a couple two years ago he was the main pass defender in the uh, as the inside linebacker you know he had to take that role which is not his role and that's why so many people bust on him that's not who he is so my question is let's say they 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 go based on the formation and they screw it up like they did against the chargers two years ago and you have the the guy in the game that you don't want guarding someone like that would you be more likely to have a scenario where that happens would you rather see someone like a TJ Watt covering that person and Vince coming in to rush the passer? Do you think TJ would be better in coverage than Vince? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you guys. You know, I think they have a ton of athletes where there's a lot of guys that could uh, uh, jump out and do that. But you know what? TJ Watt, he didn't do it as much last year uh, where he was used more as primarily as a pass rusher. But he has done that. He's lined up at, at inside mm-hmm. linebacker, and he's lined up over receivers, and he's he's put the collapse on some guys sometimes. That's why over, he has a few interceptions. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I th- I think he he's totally capable of doing that. He he's a great athlete. Um, when we were talking to some of the guys, uh, when I was talking to Tuzar Skipper, he said specifically that uh, TJ is someone who's watching film constantly. He's he's just working harder than everyone else. That's why he is as good as he is. So. I think he could uh, prepare himself to be completely prepared for those uh, situations if he had to cover a Keenan Allen, let's just say. Yeah, I'm, and I, I'm pretty sure this is Jeffrey answering this question, which was they did that in 2018 with both the Dupree and Watt. Edmonds takes that job now. Um, so in other words, if he's on the field and it ends up being a more of a passing play, 
Is there a plan? And honestly, you got to think about it based on the personnel. Maybe he's on a fullback or some, or a tight end or something like that, that, that might be a little bit easier. Brian, what do you have to say about that? You know, um, way back in the sixties, when they were talking about the Beatles, they had a personification for each one. Like, uh, John was this, the wise one. Um, Paul was the cute one, whatever, you know, for the Steelers, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You have TJ, who is your pass rusher. You have Vince, who's your run stopper. You have the smart one. It's just like what the three of us have here. Michael's the young one. Dave's the smart one. I'm the sexy one. You know, it's, it's put together like that. Everybody has their role. And to, uh, we were talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, but if you talk about Dwayne, the rock Johnson, know your role and shut your mouth. Yeah. And that's the bottom line because Stone's Cold Bad Austin just said so. <laughs> and but but you know what what I'm saying here is these guys have roles. And <laughs> Dennis, you are the pretty one. That's why we're going to Vegas and we're partying together. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, uh, but you, uh, you've, you've got to know your role, and you've you can't have eleven superstars. You can't have 11 pass rushers. You can't have 11 pass defenders. You have everybody that has to fit as a puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they have when they have Vince Williams in it. Sure, you might give up a little bit with Vince Williams, but you get a, get a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. giving up with Devin Bush, but you're getting so much more and in him running sideline to sideline with, with he being able to... Uh, you know, go up against a tight end, you know, so everybody has their role and that's what you need. You need to be a cohesive unit, not a bunch of superstars. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's fine. It's putting, putting the right people in the right positions to build to their strengths, to where everyone's strengths covers the other's weaknesses. That's, that's a, that's exactly what they got to do. Here's some numbers for you. This isn't my trivia yet, but I'm going to ask some of these as a question. How many games do you think Vince Williams played at least 50% of the snaps on defense last year? Ooh, not a whole lot. Um, they're two. not a whole lot. No, more than two Dang. And, le and less than eight. I'll tell you that. I'm going to say five. You're very because, close. You know, he, he lost, he yeah. lost uh, two and a half games. Yeah, it was, it was six. Okay. It was six. I, I want to know. I can't remember the game in Cincinnati. Did did he get hurt? He only played nine snaps in that game. That was in week twelve. I don't know if it was just that, or if it's because the Steelers were winning, the Bengals were having to throw, they weren't running the ball, so he wasn't on the field. I just I can't remember back to that one. But uh, did, didn't they come from behind in that game with Doc oh, Hodges? That, you're coming right. In? Yeah, with Hodges coming in. See, I'm thinking of the first game. That I was thinking of the first Cincinnati game. Yeah, so uh, which Vince uh, wasn't there. So I don't know if he got dinged up or if it was just a, a difference in philosophy. You know who could probably tell us that? Jeffrey might be able to tell us that, but I'm not sure. But here's what's interesting. I went through and looked at the rushing yards that the Steelers gave up to each team every week. But they, those numbers don't just tell you anything because what if that's not a very good rushing team? What I did was I compared what they rushed in that game against the Steelers compared to their average per game for the season and how those two numbers compared. 
Like, for example, in week one, New England rushed for 99 yards. They averaged 106, so they finished a little bit lower than what their season average was. In the in the Seattle game where, where Vince Williams was hurt and did not finish that game, only played 10 snaps, um, they were plus 13 yards versus their average. Okay, well, that's not so bad. But then the next week against San Francisco, like you said, Brian, they were plus 24. So they had so San Francisco had 24 more rushing yards than they had than their season average. So they overachieved rushing the ball that game. Now, the games in which Vince Williams played more than 50% of the snaps, especially early on, was against Baltimore. Um, the Ravens were 68 yards less than their season average in that game. And Vince Williams played 65% of the snaps. The next week, the Chargers, they were 59 yards less than what their season average was in that game. And Vince Williams played 61% of the snaps on defense. Then the following week was Miami. They were, yeah, Miami was not a good rushing team. They only averaged 72 in the year, and, and they only had 60 against the Steelers. And Williams played that. And they traded Kenyon Drake the morning of. Yeah. So for the next was, day, he didn't, that was, he didn't even dress. That he didn't even hard, get on the plane. That one's hard, hard to judge. Another one was then Arizona, who averaged 124 yards rushing on the season, 71 against the Steelers. Vince Williams played over 50% of the snaps. That was 53 yards less. So now there was two other games, the Buffalo and the Baltimore game. Those were both Buffalo. They were ended up being plus two rushing the rushing the ball, but that was because Buffalo was smart. Even though they were down, they didn't give up on the run, and and that's just fantastic coaching. And then we all know what happened in the rain that last game against the Ravens, and let's not even worry about that. But the majority of the games where Vince Williams played more was when teams did not run well. So, in in games where the where teams did run well compared to what they did for the season, other than that that Baltimore one that was plus seventeen. All the other ones, I mean, the, the worst one was San Francisco when Vince didn't play at all. So he has an effect on the run game. So what it all comes down to, to me, with the Steelers, is making sure he's in the right spot, in the right situation, so he can he can succeed. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. That goes back to the title of this show. Vince Williams is an unsung hero of this Steeler defense, and you just backed it up. Dave Shipley says Williams is the third ugly supermodel on our defense. We use mm -hmm. that phrase all the time. Hey, at least he's a supermodel. Yeah. So, exactly. and that's and that's it. You uh, you you can have the ugly supermodel because hey, I've done well in my in my uh, playa career <laughs> with the ugly supermodels. Yeah. And and take out the super. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, take, take out the model. Yeah, it's going to take out the model. Um, may, yeah, maybe they were just super. Um, add another. Super size. Maybe, maybe wow. add, add size. Don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, before Michael says his thing, I wanted Jeffrey answered the question about that Cincinnati game, and you know what? I remember this now that he says this. This makes sense. He says they played Barron a ton against Cincinnati. Their offensive coordinator is from the Rams, and they kept the terminology so Barron knew it, and he tore him up. And he did. So that was a good that that's good coaching, in my opinion. All right, Michael. So your thoughts on Vince Williams and how they use him and getting him in the right situation. Speaking of good coaching, if if the Steelers can deploy Vince Williams properly, I think he would be one of the most outstanding players on this defense and someone who wouldn't be catching so much hate that he does. Um, I I, th I think if he's in those those really good situations for him, 
uh, on those first downs, on those second, third, and shorts. I, I think he's someone who could be an absolute game wrecker because he is so good stepping up in the run game. And he's one of the heaviest hitters on this team. Uh, I, I think they called him like crazy Vince or something like that when he mm-hmm. first started off in Pittsburgh because he just flew around on special teams and cracked heads. So he he's someone that uh, I think is kind of like one of those like heartbeat guys of your team, uh, one of those guys that will run through a brick wall for you and, and someone who's just really good uh, as a teammate. So I, I think uh, I think Vince does a lot of things really well. And I think with proper deployment, I, I think he's someone that Steelers fans should really never have to complain about. Uh, yeah, Solarverse asked about how the opposing offense has fared with the passes in those games. I'll be honest with you. I was trying to get those stats so much. I didn't compile that. You know, I had all this that I had to write instead. So I was just looking. And I wasn't I, I, I wasn't going to judge it one way or the other. I was just recording the numbers just to see what how they turned out. And, and that's exactly what they did. But that's a good question about when he plays more than 50%. Not only that. Here's another thing I want to look at that with that. I'm going to have to go back to answer my own question. How how did they break down run versus pass, the amount of plays? Because it could be that he played more because they were running more. And I think this is exactly what we're all saying together is in 2018, Vince Williams was asked to do something that wasn't his strong suit because they didn't have anybody else to do it. He was asked to be that linebacker that was on the field on passing plays and in coverage because they didn't have anyone like that because they had lost Ryan Chazier the season before and they didn't adequately address the position in that offseason something the Steelers regretted you know have openly regretted doing so the key to Vince Williams is is putting him in places to succeed and I think and that's the key that's what the that's what the Steelers have to do with all their guys. It's exactly what Jeffrey Benedict says all the time about Terrell Edmonds, putting him in the right spot. That's what Jeffrey says about Mike Hilton. He's like, Mike Hilton does certain things very well and things that he doesn't do well, they cover for. So that's, that's the, that's the whole point of working together as a team. Anything else about Vince? We're unsung hero. Well, then I have a Vince Williams trivia question. (laughs) So I have a Vince to... Williams trivia question too. You want to so... go first? Then you go. No, first. you go first. No, you go. For... Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> you, you twisted my arm. I got to find Canadian my standoff out no. here. Yeah, Canadian stand. No, you. No, you. After you, sir. After no. After you, sir. Hey, if if uh, four Canadians pull up at a, a four way stop at the same time, they'll all die of old age. No move. No move. No move. Uh, so that, courteous. Yeah. Oh, Were oh, you I courteous as a lineman? No, God, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm mean. I'm nasty in oh, the trenches. Bull. Oh, I, I can't see that. See, and that was my problem, Michael. My coaches kept telling me I wasn't nasty enough. My my mentality was I'm doing my job. And when the play was over, I went back to the huddle. And the next play, I came out. And my job was to block the guy that I was supposed to block. And I didn't feel like I had to go out there and scream and holler and feel like I was going to rip his head off. I would just go do my job. And which meant I probably didn't have the right mentality for football um, at the next level. Even though I had the opportunity to do it, I, I didn't. And that was probably why. It, it, it'll, it'll sound kind of messed up, but like my favorite sound in the world is right right as you bring someone down for a pancake block and you put all the, all your weight on top of them, just really and pound the, them in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. And you just hear the air leave yeah. the lungs, just like a... <laughs> It's it's the best sound. That's what I love. That that's what I wanted every single play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? 
I don't know who he was disagreeing with, but I'm going to bring this up from Dean. He says, because he said, if Ben is back, we're going to be ahead in games. Teams will have to pass, which means we might not see as much Vince Williams, but that's a good thing because you know what we're going to see then? We're going to see more sacks and hopefully more interceptions. So that's a very good point. So Vince doesn't have to play over 50% of the time. That's I, I didn't mean that by those stats. I'm just saying is that when he's on the field, it appears that the Steelers are better. At but who knows? Maybe they had a bunch of yards on the plays he was on the field because I did not go through and break every game down play by play. But here's my question that it kind of deals with Vince Williams. Not really. It actually has to do with six-round draft picks by the Pittsburgh Steelers because Vince Williams was selected in in the sixth rounds of in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. Vince Williams has played 107 regular season games in his career, all of which were for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are three other players ever. Now it this is ever, but I'll but I'll I'll tell you that it's it's post merger that were drafted in the sixth round that played more games than Vince Williams, and every game was as a, was it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Any idea who those three players are? Well, that last sentence just took the guy that I was going to shout out, which was um, that takes Greg Lloyd out of the equation. Yes, because Greg Lloyd, Carolina Panthers. Yes, he played 131 games for Pittsburgh and 16 for yes, it was, and it was he was Carolina? a sixth rounder out of Fort oh, Valley, State. Miami. Yeah, he was he was in the sixth round of 1987. There was another sixth rounder in 1987 that played. 146 games in the NFL, but only 41 were with the Steelers. 105 were with someone else. Do you know who that was? Hardy Nickerson. Uh, no, sixth round of the same year of the draft. How about uh, Tim Johnson? Tim, yep. Yeah. And I so, just featured him recently in Numero Uni. Yes, you did. Um, any idea who the three were? Because uh, you know someone who played more games, but he played one with another team. Yeah, Mr. Third and Fifth. But he's not the only one. There are two Steelers that have played more games than Vince Williams, um, drafted in the sixth round, and played one game for one other team. Oh. So I'm asking two questions at once. So <laughs> somebody said Webster. Webster was a fifth round pick. He was in the and he fifth. also that played was a, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so that was a great that was a that was a great guess, though. Yeah, okay. and he, but he had a, yeah, another he was their, season. He was their O-line team. coach Ooh. and their starting center. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey, great guess, but he didn't have enough games in, but he was a six-round pick. He was two down the list from Vince Williams, and that was Ryan Mundy, but he did move on and play somewhere else. New York somewhere. Giants. But yeah, he was, only, he's, he was just behind um, Vince on that list, but that was a really good guess. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you the one, the one player that had played one other game somewhere else but played a lot of games as a six-round pick. And that was one ton Jim Ilkin. He actually he played one game for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, But there are three. If I give you the year they were drafted, do you think you could tell me? Yes. Okay, let's go with the earliest drafted one, 1976. Thomas? No, J.T. Thomas was uh, um, out of Florida State, but like 1973. Uh, I believe he only won two. Oh, did he win three? No, I think he won two. 1976. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Gary Dunn. You would be correct. 146 games played. These are all regular season. Uh, I didn't, I didn't 
bother to add it in the playoffs. And they were all with the Steelers. So that's one. Then you have 1979, someone who played 157 games for the Steelers. Almost 10 years. Dwayne Woodruff. That would be correct. It would be Dwayne Woodruff. The judge. And then the next one was two years later with 163 games for the Steelers, drafted in 1981. 1981. Yeah. And how many games with the Steelers? 163. David Little. Good guess, but that's not correct. <sighs> Michael, do you have any idea? No, I don't. Give me the position. Linebacker. Little was a line. Oh, Brian Hinkle. Brian Hinkle. Those were the three. So they're the three sixth-round draft picks by the Steelers to play their whole career in Pittsburgh that has more games played than Vince Williams. But um, – I'll just throw this in for fun. So some people were bringing up some names that were players that played the most NFL games, but just not with the Steelers and some of the other places. I saw Jeffrey had said Willie Williams was one. Orpheus Roy was one. You know, Orpheus, neither one of them played even 100 games with the Steelers. But they And you know what's funny about both 100. of those guys? Yeah. Left and came back. Yes, that is true. But there was one player that's played more NFL games than any other player drafted in the sixth round by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they only played in 32, only played two seasons. Sixth round draft pick, played 235 games, but started off with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 19 or in uh with 32 games starting in 1979. This is a sixth round pick. Yep. And they let him we can't. We, they won't let us go to these places anymore because we just spread COVID too much. Was it the kicker that replaced Drella? <laughs> you say you can't go to the bar anymore. Matt Barr, yeah. Matt Barr. Yep. So I'm sorry I took a long time with my trivia. So you guys can go. But that that was that was a lot of fun with looking up six round picks. I will go very quick. Okay. So Vince Williams, we know that he had a brother from Florida State that played on the practice squad with the Steelers, also played mm -hmm. for the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Bills. Uh, Carlos Williams. But he has a cousin in the league that is a uh, – that this guy is a young superstar, I would say maybe second or third year in the league. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe he's already been to a Pro Bowl. And he is Vinny Vici's cousin. Who is he? Do you know this, Michael? It's ringing a bell because I did that that football families article. I definitely read this. I want to say it's a receiver. I don't know if I'm completely off there, but that's oh goodness. I remember reading this, and this is this is just kicking my butt right now. I think this is the second time this has happened. Is it a receiver? It is not. Darn. It is Maybe. a defensive back. Yeah, so it's a skinny defensive back. It's but I I'm, I seem to remember this, but it's not his last name's not Williams. I, I know no, I know not. that. Um, is it Justin Simmons? Nope. Think about the college. Remember, I said when I talked about Carlos Williams, I said he went to Florida State. Not Jalen Ramsey. No, it's um. Oh shoot! What's oh, his Derwin name? James. Right? Yes. 
That was going to say win, the, James. I was going to say from the Chargers, but I couldn't remember his name. There They're cousins. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember hearing that. So, Michael, do you have anything for us tonight? Um, how about a really, really quick one? Who can get the closest to uh, uh, Vince Williams' total career tackles? Oh, I should have saw that earlier. Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm calculating. Brian, do you have a good guess? Calculating. So Is I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give him 70 tackles a year, seven seasons, uh, 490. I'm going to say... No, no, is this solo tackles or what? Just combined, so combined. and and yeah. I'm going to say not that. I'm going to say 400. Ooh, uh, Dave is closest, 409. Ooh, so Brian had the right the right digits, but in the wrong order. Because you said 490, right? He did. I said 490. <laughs> oh, so you had that. So I don't know. You had it's the my right dyslexia digits. coming. Yeah, I, I win. Go. I win because of <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> Oh, that's and funny. I'm not making fun of anybody yeah, that's afflicted just, with that. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> me. Um, so, um, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just, I knew there was a couple seasons in there. Like I, I know his rookie year, he played a bunch, and then he took a year where he, where he didn't play as much. That's why I did it. And special teams, I know he plays a lot of special teams, but a lot of special teams tackles for a year would be like 15 is actually considered a lot of special teams tackles. So that's why yeah. I, I dropped it down some. So um, anything else for the good of the order, guys? Before we yeah, you know what? I just want to go back to the topic of the show being Vince Williams, being an unsung hero. So when you get an opportunity, appreciate what you have. Because just like Cinderella would say, you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> and what I'm saying is hug your Vinny Vidi Vici today. I thought there was more to that. I thought that was I thought that was a a dramatic pause. Something about tomorrow. I mean, the thing the fit the thing with Williams is you got to remember, you know, drafted in 2013, he's going, he's he's not, he's no longer on an upward trajectory. So it's basically how many years can you get out of him at this point where he's still productive? And uh that's going to be the big question for 2020. Is that Michael? Anything else? Uh, not really anything going on, on the fly. Of course, uh, back half of that uh, A to Z. Uh, new players coming out every single day. Um, yeah. uh, other fun stuff always coming out on the website. So make sure you guys are always uh, clicking in at your one-stop shop of uh, behindthesteelcurtain.com. That is correct. And Brian, do you have anything to say about our lineup of podcasts? You know what? Always something great happening. Um, no surprises this weekend, but always great content. Remember to check out, yeah, I said it, coming up with, uh, I always want to call it Sunday brunch, but it's not Steelers brunch with Tony. We're going to have the Homer and the Hater once again on Sunday, Q&A with another retro show. So those of you uh, asking for an after party tonight, you're not going to get one tonight, but that's kind of your Monday after party. It's the Steeler retro show. Remember Stat Geek on Tuesday and uh, Lance with the standard is the standard. And I might be joining Lance on the standard as well. So uh, with that being said, check us out. Remember, you can't watch YouTube and drive. So download on your favorite <laughs> streaming location. <laughs> That's a really good point. You are right. So yeah, just uh, um, 
whether you're in the car at home or on the go, working out, anything, remember about buying the Silk Road. Make sure you are going to the YouTube channel, subscribing, liking us on the podcast. And hey, we're really close to 100,000 followers on Facebook. So if you haven't liked us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook, make sure you go do that there. And uh, guys, a lot of fun tonight. Glad to be back with you and uh, just enjoying some time with my Steeler buddies talking football. So as, as Lance likes to send us out, we'll tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you all next time.